I believe that there is great power when teachers work together, when they collaborate and they don't compete. And I feel like that's what this world needs right now is for educators to come together, help each other out, support each other through all of this, come up with new ideas, share those ideas. And then I really believe that there's this great joy, this great um, movement that can happen if we join together. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. And my name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. This is the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. On this podcast, we'll be talking about various creativity topics and how they relate to the field of education. We'll be talking with scholars, educators, and resident experts about their work, challenges they face, and exploring new perspectives of creativity. All with the goal to help fuel a more rich and informed discussion that provides teachers, administrators, and emerging scholars with the information they need to infuse creativity into teaching and learning. So let's begin. Hello and welcome to our first episode of season seven and welcome to another new academic year. Today, we welcome to the show Katie Trowbridge. Katie Trowbridge has over two decades of experience as a teacher and mentor. She is president and CEO of Curiosity to Create, a nonprofit organization focused on helping educators incorporate creative and critical thinking strategies into their existing curricula and build creative classroom environments. Katie has won several Teacher of Excellence and Outstanding Educator Awards. She has a Master's in Teaching and a Master's in Education Administration and is pursuing her EDD at Northeastern University in Boston. She is also co-founder of the Creative Thinking Network with our co-host, Cindy Burnett. So Katie, welcome to the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. So Katie, we would love to begin by talking about your 23 years of experience as a communication arts teacher in Chicago. What role did creativity play inside of your classroom over those 23 years? I would say that it actually didn't play much of a role until the last 10 years. And maybe that's because, um, or I should say it wasn't explicitly um, seen in my classroom except for the last 10 years. I was in marketing and public relations. That's what I did first. Um, I always thought that I would never teach. Everybody said I should be a teacher. And I said, no way. I'm never going to teach. I'm not going to be in a classroom with a bunch of bratty teenagers. And man, were they right? And I was wrong. So I went into teaching and I loved it, every moment of it. But I noticed around 2010, somewhere around there, there seemed to be a shift. Um, I was starting to lose engagement, that rapport that I used to have that was so um, tight in my classroom was starting to wane quite a bit. I noticed that kids were really asking, just give me the right answer. I just want the right answer. And I saw that really changing and really emerging more and more um, throughout my years. And I thought something has to change. So I started to do some research into thinking, creative thinking, critical thinking, um, with all the reports like World Forum, as you know, all those things saying that this is what's really needed. Um, So then I started changing my classroom. And we became very much orientated on thinking and asking questions, not me lecturing, but me facilitating. And it changed so much in my teaching. I started to enjoy teaching more. My kids would have more fun, I think, in their learning. And they would have these more of these moments of, wait, we just learned something. And, and it really, I saw a huge, just a huge change. Um, and so then I started incorporating it even more. I started training other people on how to do this. Um, and it's just been a blast. 
And then to continue with that story, so at some point you transitioned out of the classroom and, and, and do you continue to utilize that experience as you work training other teachers? I do. I will tell you the transition was really tough, Matt. I've been out of the classroom now for a year and there are times that I really miss it a lot, but I, teachers have become my students. And the transition going into a nonprofit was an incredible experience, a lot of learning and, and a challenge to go out of the classroom and into more of the nonprofit world. Uh, but I have, I've loved it. And with the training of the teachers and coaching teachers and mentoring teachers, I'm um, speaking at conferences. Uh, it has really been just a joy the amount of people I'm, I'm meeting from all over the world. So can you tell us more about curiosity to create and why it, it exists? So we were given a grant from the Driscoll Foundation, and they were focusing mainly on after-school kind of uh, organizations, like the YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, and I happen to be on their board. They were very focused on just helping kids. And so I mentioned, you know, this is great that we're doing, but I think what would be better if we, if we focus on teachers. Because think about the impact, right? One teacher has so many impacts, so many opportunities to impact people and kids where an after-school program might impact 30 to 50. So as I said that, the board kind of looked at me and went, so go for that, Katie. (laughs) You put a plan together. What does that look like? So that's what I did. I had a bunch of my coworkers um, that I have worked with over years come up with um, some ideas to help me with that. We have called the CREATE method. And we do professional development. We do coaching. Um, we have now expanded even more to the creative thinking network. As you know, Cindy, our main goal is just to help teachers take what they're already doing so that it's not, here's what I hated as a teacher. And, and again, beginning of the school year, right? We're at the beginning of the school year. Principal stands up there and says, we have a new initiative. And all of us are thinking, wait a minute, we didn't finish the last initiative. <laughs> and now you're throwing something else at us. And that was always a difficult time. Um, this you just try to shift their way of doing things. So what we really, when I talked to my teacher, my coworkers, and they really said, look, what's, what's important is that we, we work within the confines. As you know, teachers have so many confines now, right? They have scripts that they're given, what they can teach, what they can't teach. So our main goal is to help teachers do what they're doing, but adding creative thinking and critical thinking into it. So it's not a drop-in program, but it's a way for teachers to think, okay, wait, here's my lesson. How can I use this lesson to make sure my kids are thinking creatively, to make sure my kids are thinking critically, to make my classroom much more of a thinking classroom than just a doing classroom. And I, and I want to do a follow-up to that because I think you have referenced in pretty much every single one of your answers, you, you've identified cre- uh, creative thinking, but then you've also referenced critical thinking. So let's talk a little bit more about that. I want to kind of separate the two. We've done a whole bunch of, of discussions, you could argue most of our episodes, sent around the concept of creative thinking, or rather at least we prioritize those words. Could you talk a little bit about what you mean by critical thinking and why you see critical thinking as being as valuable as creative thinking? Absolutely. One of the ways that I try to look at it is as is it's the same coin, just different sides, right? So you have creative thinking, you have this, you know, divergent, let's be creative, let's look at all the wild and possibilities. But then I think it's just as important to also then think, okay, this is why I believe this. So as you converge, that question that I ask in my classroom, and a lot of times, I would start with the what did you think? 
why did you think that way? But it is a complementary skill to have so that you have this creative thinking, but you also have critical thinking. So it's the, I have all these ideas, but here's why I think this is a really good idea. Here's the research that shows that. Here's the process that I've gone through so that there is this, I know what I know, and here's why I know what I know. Instead of, well, maybe this is a good idea. Well, maybe that's a good idea. We've got to get kids to also think, here's why this idea is a good idea. Here's why I believe what I believe. And I love that. And I think, you know, I, I think back to, to the 4P model by Mel Rhodes. Uh, what's the date, Cindy? 1961. And, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, press, person, process and product. And, you know, just listening to that response, my immediate thought is, okay, you know, quite often when we talk about creativity, we might be talking about a creative product, a creative outcome, but there is a process to which that outcome comes into being. And within that process, it's just not always about thinking creatively. It's also about thinking critically and a whole bunch of other things, as we know, that goes into contributing the outcome that we see at the end of that journey. And, and I think, you know, even with, with things like design thinking, but even whatever, whatever lesson you're doing, I think this is why education, to a certain extent, this is why I value the liberal arts and science education as well, is it teaches us, or at least it provides us with the information, or at least provides us with the opportunity to generate the knowledge we need to in order for us to think critically. And, you know, you, you were talking about this kind of transition that you noticed after working in the classroom for 10 years and you started to feel like students were saying, give me the answer, give me the answer, give me the answer. It's not just when they're asking that, it's not just a case of they're not engaging creative thinking. You're right. They're not engaging critical thinking either. It is why I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I totally apologize. But it is why we can have a video on YouTube okay, of a plane landing on one wing. Okay. This was about six, seven years ago, but I used to play this YouTube video. You can, you can do a Google plane lands on one wing and the plane flies off and the wing falls off and everyone's screaming, oh no, oh no, oh no. It's a brilliant video, but then the plane comes down and lands on one wing and everyone's like, wow, you know, I'd play it in front of the classroom. Everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. And I'm like, okay, everyone just hit the pause button. I want you to just reflect on what we've just seen. We just saw a plane land on one wing. And, you know, I want everyone to use the words, a plane landed on one wing. And then eventually someone will say, you know, is that, is that real? And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me you're digital media and design students, right? You know After Effects. You know how to conduct special effects. Is it possible that this video is not real? And sure enough, after a while, they start saying, yeah, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's go and, let's go and Google it. And if you Google it, right, and you say, how was it made? Then they show you how they went and made this fake video. And, and the reason why I bring that up is critical thinking in today's world is so important. And it's not just about it being in the classroom. If I'm honest with you, I see adults in our network, you know, you know, throwing this stuff out on social media and you're like, wait, let's just repeat what you just said. A massive giant spider in Florida as big as humans. Wouldn't that have made mainstream media, you know? So that's my tangent over. I'm so happy that you're going into critical thinking and I totally agree. It is so important when it comes to selecting the most appropriate ideas, checking our assumptions and making sure that we're focused on using our knowledge to solve the problem that we're, that we're working to solve. Right. And I really believe that there is, that is a relationship. So 
It is this knowledge and the teacher and the student, right? So they all have to work together. It's not just the teacher on top and then, oh yeah, here's the knowledge and no student, you're down at the bottom. But it's student coming on up and saying, okay, here's what I think. One of my favorite things in, in just even, even teaching poetry, just letting them read the poem and say, okay, what do you think? So that they are, it's not looking to me for what is the right answer and oh, on a Grecian art means this, right? But what did you get out of it? What do you think? And sometimes it's very frustrating. And that goes to that creative thinking of, you know, how do you deal with ambiguity? How do you deal with being able to fail? Um, I always tell my students that I had a, an English teacher <clears throat> when I was in high school that would just do that same thing. She would say, what do you think? She'd call on you and then she would go wrong right in your face. And it was humiliating. Every time I walked into her English class, I was a nervous wreck. I was so anxious. She was going to call on me and like yell at me um, for getting an answer wrong. But one of the things that I really want my students to learn is, look, you got to think about this. Don't go to me. Don't go to Google. Use your brain at first. I think teachers are in that spot as well, um, especially when we're dealing with some parents. There's a lot of assumptions going around. Like we, we have to start teaching our students and all of us to, to ask why. why. How do you know? Why, why do you think that way? And so it, it really creative and critical thinking that they have to go together. They just, they have to play a part in each other's lives, basically. Well, and some classic creativity scholars talk about creativity and critical thinking as the dynamic balance of divergent and convergent thinking. And I think another important piece about that, that critical thinking is that sometimes you need creativity there because people often think of creativity just existing within creative thinking, but actually you also need to think creatively within critical thinking. So as you see something and you're thinking about it, reflecting on it and trying to make a decision or trying to determine whether or not it's correct, you also have to keep that open mind and curiosity because otherwise you might just go into your assumptions and select something that you've always done. And that might not be what you're after. So I think it's, it's interesting, this whole conversation around creative and critical thinking, because I think, you know, in some ways they exist in both and they exist independently. And I think, Cindy, what you're picking up, there's, there's been some stuff written around this this idea of creative metacognition as well. And, and I think that you're also talking, Katie, in, in essence, about this ability to reflect. And, and I think the more we develop knowledge and understanding of what creativity is and our process, I mean, Katie, I, I love the idea of kind of like getting the teachers to think about some of the challenges that exist in their classroom environment where they go about trying to do something new and different within their practice. We can engage in that creative metacognition to kind of identify, you know, well, how am I feeling in this moment, number one? You know, how much of an impact is this really having on my students? How new or different do I think this is? Reflect on out my process. Where's the point at which I feel uncomfortable? How is that uncomfort influencing what I'm choosing to do, what I'm deciding to do in the moment? And I think, you know, I think that is, I think that's probably that creative metacognition is just as much about critical thinking is about creative thinking. The two coin analogy was was fantastic. I think that that is, is incredibly important for teachers also to then be vulnerable with their students and say, so I'm reflecting on this a little bit. <laughs> did this work? Did this not? Because I think if students can see if their teacher modeling the process of creative and critical thinking, they will more likely um, want to do the same thing. If we say, I tried this and I failed, or this didn't work like I thought it would, after reflecting on it, and, and you're open and vulnerable with your students, 
then they're like, oh, wait, if Mrs. Trowbridge messed up in the way she was thinking or doing or finding, then it's okay for me to do that as well. So that there's this community that's being built around creative and critical thinking. Like I'm, I'm think, coming up with these great ideas, but now let's see what's what really works. And again, parents, um, I think, play a role in that as well. You know, you, a lot of times when you say to a student, well, why do you think that way? You get a lot of, well, because my mom and dad said, it, said that, or because my, my grandparents think that. And so it's, it's really important then in a classroom that we say, okay, well, why do you think then your mom and dad think that? Or can you go back and find out why do they think that? So that there is this detailed kind of thought process in their minds. I, you know, I love having debates in my classroom. And I even had a teacher, or a parent rather, sorry, a parent came up to me one day and went, so you're the reason my kid is always asking me questions. <laughs> like, yep, that's me. Because I think there's a way to, to debate with your parents in a healthy way, just like with your teachers. You know, be creative, ask that why, push the button a little bit in a respectful um, and guiding kind of way so that you as a student, you as a parent, you as a teacher really know why you are going to do what you're going to do and what kind of impact that has. To our listeners, I want to do a quick shout out and we're not going to do it in this episode, but debate is a whole nother tangent I could go on, but I'm not going to. But the idea of engaging our students in debate, again, particularly in in today's uh, society, I think is is so important. So if there is any listener out there who feels that they've got a really good way of facilitating debate, healthy debate in their classroom environment, please reach out to us because we'd love to have you on the show and have a discussion about facilitating thoughtful, critical discussions around various topics in the classroom environment. So that's a shout out to our audience. So Katie, I want to talk about something that you and I have had lots of conversations around, which is the difference between creative teaching and creative learning, which is not something we've talked about on the show, Matt. So I thought we'd have Katie share her perspective on these two. It's interesting when I talk about this topic with teachers and with administration and, and others, that they know what this means. They just don't embrace what this means. So we want to be creative teachers, correct? We have a creative um, classroom full of Harry Potter motif. We spend hours and hours sometimes cutting out hexagons and cutting out fun craft ideas for our students. And we are this creative teacher. We have this great vision in our head of what this is going to look like. And then all of a sudden, the learning falls flat. So did the kids have fun? Yes. Did they learn anything? Maybe not. I always use the example... And I'm always dating myself when I use this example. When you were in PE class and they had the big, huge parachute, do you remember that? And you would throw the parachute up and down and you'd run to the other side. And when I was done with that, I, what did I learn? Now, I, I didn't learn anything. But the, for the PE teacher, the PE teacher saying, well, you learned balance, you learned listening skills, you learned coordination. But to me, the kid... That was fun. I didn't learn anything. So we've got to bridge that gap of, hey, the teacher has this idea in their head and this is really going to work and it's going to create this great learning moment. And then the gap of, did the kids actually get that creative learning process? Did they actually learn something from it? And sometimes those things don't connect and they they have to connect. So a a creative teacher is much more teacher-led. It's my ideas. I'm coming up with the content. I'm the one taking the risks. I'm the one who's being open-minded and it has to shift over to creative learning so that the kids are creating some of the content. 
The kids are the one taking the risks. The kids are the one asking the questions. They're formatting the questions, not the teacher. Think about a Socratic seminar, which I love Socratic seminars. There's a, one way of thinking of where I create all the questions for the Socratic seminar. But then there's the other way of thinking of, let the kids come up with questions for the Socratic seminar instead of me doing all the work. So that there has to be this mix. There's like this sweet spot where I'm doing some creative thing. They're teaching, but man, my kids are really doing some creative learning. Instead of it all just being a, a one-man kind of, I'm super creative as a teacher, but my kids walk out and you say, hey, what'd you learn today? I don't, I don't know. We had fun. <laughs> so there's got to be this, this balance between the two of them. And it's, it's interesting when I talk to teachers about that, there's a, definitely an aha moment. Another example is one of the creative ways I used to teach uh, some literature was I'd have them come up with like instant messaging between the two characters, or I might have them create a Facebook page for Holden Caulfield or, and a lot of times I would think this is so creative. Look at how, look at these great Facebook pages, but where is the then learning process, right? They could have just Googled anything about Holden Caulfield and put that on the Facebook page. But taking a look at then, okay, now let's put everybody's Facebook page up on the wall, walk around. What do you think? Who, what, did this work? Did this not work? Why did this person use, you know, the red hunting hat, hat in this uh, here and this one used Phoebe, the sister? And so then there's not this, I made this creative thing, but there's this thinking around it, right? What worked? What didn't? Oh, that person used that. And then going back to their desks and reflecting. I miss this. I miss that or this was really good so that there is this learning process happening around the creative. Well, it almost feels like the creative metacognition that Matt was talking about earlier. Right. I mean, I love this and I, and I, um, and, and Katie, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, just my immediate response to this is that this also can, can be a process that might take, you know, a couple of years, you know, you might go and actually go and throw the parachute up to test out this idea that you have. And it might be the, it ticks the box of, oh, okay, students increased engagement and, oh, okay, they had fun. Oh, you know what? The parachute was only $4.99 to get, you know, from Amazon and and the activity itself took 20 minutes. So now, you know, you've got this idea, you can do it, but then you might need to go and identify the learning objectives. What's the learning that's taking place? And it might be that you start focused on that in the next iteration, which might be, you know, next semester or next year, But it sounds to me, though, if you get to a point where you say, you know what, I'm not actually, I can't actually identify an area where this is having a benefit to my students from a learning perspective, you might need to be ready to abandon it, even though you absolutely love it. However, it might be that you just a little bit of subtle tweaking. And before you know it, you're introducing some aerodynamics or some physics, I don't know, but there's probably some physics you could, you could introduce into that, right? Right. And I think that that's key. That's where the teacher failing and being, oh, you know, I tried this and it didn't work and reflecting back is so incredibly important for the students to see. And for, as a teacher, I was changing things every year because you've got to, and I kept notes, this did not work or this is what I need to do. And so I had a whole notebook of just things that I kept so that next year I would be able to go back and say, oh, I need to do this or that. So absolutely. I think it's definitely a process. I mean, again, it's not like there's a switch and, oh, now I have, I'm a creative teacher and my kids are creative learning. That, that doesn't exist. It's an entire, like you mentioned before, an entire process that can take years, but it can be also exhilarating to do that. I also think it's a matter of putting things into context. So it is that one step 
you know, just that one additional step of saying, here's what we did. What did you notice? How did you, how did it work for you? Why does this matter? A lot of times when I speak with teachers, they, they say, I just don't think they're making those connections. But sometimes you have to go into that deep debrief to really show those connections. Because it's funny that you bring up the parachute, Katie, because honestly, I think back to my early elementary school days, and that's the one thing I remember is hiding underneath that parachute. Now, I don't know why we did it. I do remember it was part of um, PE, but if they had made a connection to, you know, how we connect with one another, then it shows actually that the, those creative teaching moments really help amplify the um, stickability of what happens inside the classroom. Well, and I also, also will tell teachers, just be explicit with it. So we asked, we just did this fun parachute activity, but here's what you learn. You might not realize it, but here's what you learn. You learn, you know, and I think just even saying to our, our students, you know, I'm going to tell you what, what we were going to accomplish today. And it goes back to targets and objectives and everything that we have in our classrooms. But it's one thing that if we are teacher lingo of here's our, ta- our targets and our objectives. And another thing of being kid lingo of, dude, look at what you just learned. I think that that also helps with that building a rapport in your classroom so that kids are willing to try something different as long as they know, yeah, I'm going to learn something. What's popping into my mind a little bit is I also have got so f- fond memories of that parachute activity, and, and, it, and it was it was so fun you brought it up because actually I, I bought a parachute um, about six months ago for my boys, but we didn't have enough people to make it work. But I I do I think what you're you're highlighting as well is the importance of the teacher in these moments because I remember us kind of like flowing it up in the air as you said, Cindy. Then you go under it, and I do remember being curious on how it stays up. I think you know it, it might be that one of the reasons why we remember it is I don't know if there's that many times where you actually it's magical right like you're throwing this thing up in the air it stays up in the air it floats beautifully and delicately there's there's so many things to observe but what we don't have or at least I would say the majority of us who experience this activity don't have is a teacher who's making the connections to what could be learned in this moment and I think that's what you're highlighting and I think it's the importance of the teacher we have to connect the dots to the learning otherwise sometimes it just becomes a fun thing but we don't go away and learn well I think that that's really key in today's society especially Matt because teachers are so burnt out as we know right and just thinking of asking the, the students, well, what did you learn? What are you curious about? I love when you said that. So like if, if the teacher stopped and said, what are you curious about? What it, using this parachute, what did you think? It makes us, the teacher, more of a facilitator than it does this person who is just kind of putting all the information out there and hoping something will stick. And I think that would also help teachers stress, um, teachers' ability to be more creative, teachers' ability to bring joy back in their classroom. Because you know what? You tell me, students, which direction should we go? What are you curious about? What do you want to do next? And I think that that helps, again, with that creative, critical thinking, but also that trying to bring that joy back in the classroom again so teachers love what they're doing. Love it. Well, Katie, you know, because you've listened to most of our episodes of the podcast, that we end every episode with three tips that you would give to educators to help them bring creativity into the classroom. Absolutely. That's my favorite part of every episode. (laughs) So here are my three things. I think number one would be to allow yourself time to reflect and make mistakes that take risks. I know a lot of teachers can be um, fearful of that. And there's, you know, that they have a, and and rightfully so, they have an observation and they do a big dog and pony show for their administrator. But there's a part where we have to inside take some risks and then be open and vulnerable to the failure. 
um, trying something new in their classroom, I think is, is a great way to also bring back some fun in the classroom for yourself and experiencing something else. Number two, I would say, um, be curious yourself. What makes me the teacher curious? What makes me creative? What makes me a critical thinker so that I'm taking care of myself and my well-being? Do some research. What do you want to learn? Right? I mean, like I, I do things like I crochet. Um, I do paint by numbers. I know Cindy, you do paint by number as well. Like, what's gonna feed my soul so that I can then feed the soul of my students? And taking that time to reflect personally and professionally on you, I would say is incredibly important. And the last thing I would say is join a community. I believe that there is great power when teachers work together, when they collaborate and they don't compete. And I feel like that's what this world needs right now is for educators to come together, help each other out, support each other through all of this, come up with new ideas, share those ideas. And then I really believe that there's this great joy, this great um, movement that can happen if we join together. So like a creative thinking network, having someone in your office that's your you know, your BFF kind of a thing that you go to. Um, I was very honored to have several of those in my district that I knew I could go and talk to. So I think that um, those are my three major tips. Well, Katie, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And I'm looking forward to one day going to your website and the uh, where you can buy a whole bunch of goodies and seeing a parachute as one of the things that that you can you can purchase, you know, as we reference in our um, intro to season seven, um, the fueling creativity and education podcast is in a sponsorship relationship with Curiosity to Create, and we're really really excited because I think in this discussion you've highlighted all of the reasons why Cindy and I are so committed to this podcast and sharing all of the wonderful things that I think our guests have shared over the last couple of years of of us doing that. So I'm looking forward to furthering our relationship. So we would love it if you came to creativethinkingnetwork.com and tried out our new online platform, a professional network of educators for teachers who love new ideas. And we have a special offer for you. You can get one month free or 20% off the whole membership, which is $100 for the year. And that code is fueling2023. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Wood. This podcast was produced by Creativity and Education and in partnership with dadsforcreativity.com. Our editor is Sina Yousafzadeh.